Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Watkins, one of the co-hosts of this episode of the Syncast. I just wanted to give you all a heads up that we had to record this in a little bit of a different format than we normally do. It was kind of a last minute audible, if you will, and there ended up being a few technical difficulties or some audio hiccups, specifically with uh, Chris's uh, audio track, and there is a bit of a delay that occasionally you can hear. We did edit around it as best we could, but some of it still stands. Uh, I think you'll still really enjoy the interview. Um, the good thing is Ivan uh, sounds amazing. The director that we're interviewing of the new movie Sun, which I highly, highly recommend you check out. And that movie will be available on March 5th. And so without further ado, here is the interview. Enjoy. I'd find victims for her if I loved her, you know? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd lure exactly. people back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins from CinemaSins. Hello, hello. And today we have a very special guest. It is writer-director Ivan Kavana, uh, who has written and directed a movie called Sun that is coming out in theaters on demand and digital March 5th. Welcome, Ivan. Thank you. Very pleased to be here. Yeah, you said you were in, uh, you're, you're in Sweden currently? Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my wife is Swedish. Um, and we have a place here. So we spent part of the time in Sweden and part of the time in Ireland. But I think this might be the first year where we spent almost a full year here. So I'm testing it out because we, we have nice. a five-year-old now and he's nearing school age. So we have to, we have to choose. We can't oh. keep moving back and forth, you know? That's so fun. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm missing um, Ireland already, you know? I'm, I'm one of these people who never <laughs> in their entire life listened to Irish traditional music. And ever since I got here, I've been listening to Irish traditional music all the time. So I think that's a sign. I need to go home quick. <laughs> um, uh, tell, us what, uh, tell us what the movie Sun is about and what was your inspiration for the story? Um, well, it, it's, uh, it's about a young mother played by Andy Matichek who um, lives alone with her son. And um, one night she may or may not be visited by a cult that she escaped from seven years previous. And after they leave, her son falls ill and she thinks the cult did it to him. They, they instigated it. And then she goes on this journey on the run to get, a, to get away from them. And she has to do unspeakable things to make her son survive. Um, the, 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 the beginning mm -hmm. of it was really, it's a really personal, I, I usually start from a really personal place with all my films and this one was no different. It was actually after the birth of my son five and a half years ago, my first son, mm -hmm. and he, he had a really difficult birth and we were really, really worried about him mm. for, for months after, you know, and we had a lot of sleepless nights and, but during this time I saw how close him and his mother, my wife were becoming, you know, and you know, that mother son bond is so I don't know, something primal about it. It's much more, it's much stronger than the, 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 uh, the child father bond, I think. And, and um, I began to think, you know, a mother who truly loves her son more than anything else in the world, is there anything she wouldn't do for him? How far would she go for him, you know? And that was the, that was the starting point. That was the genesis of it. You know, so in between feeding the baby and the baby crying and no sleep, that's when I began to jot down all these ideas about son. 
So that nice. was the starting point. That was just going to say, that's the thing because, you know, as a, as a parent myself, I mean, and I, I think non-parents can obviously can see, you know, can, re- can think about what it would be like for them. But I think yeah. as a parent myself, like when I watch these movies that deal more with parental horror now, I'm always yeah. thinking like putting myself in that position and like, you know, like what if my daughter was like a vampire or got turned into a vampire or yeah. something? Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, that would be terrible, <laughs> but I would, but she would still be my daughter and I'd still have to like figure out a way, right. To, you know, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, crazy. I would, I, I, I'd find victims for her if I loved her, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd lure exactly. people back. <laughs> you know? This is my daughter. You don't mind if she sits on your lap for a second, do you? you know, definitely would. Of course you would. You do anything to protect your child. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah um i was wondering what uh what sort of went into creating the character of laura because she's got this you know her horrific backstory i mean she mm-hmm. is uh obviously has fled a cult of some sort and she's uh and she has a uh, a memory of her father raping her and everything yeah. so what was it that you what did you go what how did you create her character well, I wanted to, you know, wrong foot the audience. I wanted the audience to feel like, well, first of all, they, they had to like Laura. They had to, and that was, that was the cast, that was crucial with casting. You know, it has to be an actress who was instantly likable and not only could pull off mm-hmm. the role and was talented enough to pull off the role, but had to be instantly likable. And the moment I met Andy Matichek, I knew this had to be Laura because she's so charismatic, so instantly likable. I mean, she's one of these people on the set that everyone loves, you know, and she's so intelligent. So I knew that no matter what Laura does all the way through the film, the audience would always stay with her, you know? But I also wanted the audience to be unsure Mm -hmm. whether this person they were following was insane or sane, you know? And whether what version of reality was real, you know? So I purposely structured the film. So in one scene, we see what she sees which is stuff about the demon and the cult. But in the next scene, someone else says, no, in fact, that, was, that didn't happen at all. It's all in her head. And then the following scenes after that, we see we're mm. back in her head and so on and so forth. So the audience is never quite sure where they are with her until the very end, you know? Um, and the stuff about the cult, yeah. again, again, the cult came out of, you know, all of these conspiracy theories you read online about cults running the world and, you know, mm-hmm. pedophile cults mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. And I wanted to we- weave that into it to add to the doubt about Laura's sanity, you know, whether it was real or not, yeah. you know. And I thought it was very, very important to have to ground it in real evil as well as that fantastic evil, you know, the evil that the demon is, you know. Because for me, the demon mm-hmm. just represents the evil of people, you know, because if these if this cult weren't worshiping the demon, they'd be, they'd find other excuses to do the terrible things that they do, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, that, that's the reason I, I I wove all of that cult and the the folk horror type stuff into it. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering if you had done any research at all on these types of cults or did you just, you know, you know, kind of get a bare bones idea of what a cult is and, and just write it into your movie. I mean, uh, I've always been fascinated by cults, and I've read many books about, you know, about um, Jonestown and and and, and uh, all those sort of stuff. And, and I think we all know deep down what these, you know, and we've all heard the rumors of what they do mm-hmm. and what they could do. And when we, actually, when we were in Mississippi, I remember uh, we shot the film in Mississippi, and uh, we were, when we were there, we mm-hmm. went to several of these houses, location scouting, especially in the poorer neighborhoods. 
And they were talking all of these rumors, uh, maybe they were urban myths, I don't know, about these people um, coming into people's homes and abducting them into, um, into uh, you know, slavery. And, uh, and uh, mm. it was really strange. Like when, when we mentioned the film was about a cult, everyone had their own cult story or, or cult or urban myth. So, I mean, uh, that's why Mississippi <laughs> was perfect for that. It was just, it's so soaked in that sort of, that gothic sort of, you know, and so crumbling. It's an yeah. amazing place, Mississippi, and the people yeah. are amazing there. Yeah, I was going to ask you where you shot this because I wasn't quite sure um, uh, yeah. where it was. What was uh, what were the uh, what were the areas of Mississippi? Uh, we shot in Cleveland, Mississippi, and in Greenville and Clarksdale, um, mm-hmm. and in and Greenwood as well. I mean, um, I went for about a month yeah. and a half before we shot scouting locations, just me and the location scout. And for me, coming from mm-hmm. Ireland. Uh, everything looks so cinematic. Everything looks so exotic, you know. Because gr- growing up on an American movies, I I, I felt like I was seeing yeah. things that the lo- location scout was just passing by. I was saying, "Look at that motel," you know. Stop, stop. And he was saying, "Well, it's just a motel." And no, but it looked so cinematic to me, you know. And um, it's an amazing <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. That is fascinating because like- we would have the opposite, right? If we went from because yeah. we're in the South, I mean, we're not far from Mississippi, and so the yeah. idea of somebody finding Mississippi cinematic is kind of funny to me. But <laughs> but but if I went to Ireland, <laughs> I'd be like saying the same thing about Ireland, probably. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I think I I think that's the way. Maybe the film has a different take on America. I, I yeah. think maybe maybe I had a different eye for for what. Americans who were there every day or people living in Mississippi would normally yeah. see, you know, but where in the world would I have found mm-hmm. a, um, a motel like that motel with that crazy factory behind it, you know, what a place to put a yeah. motel. No, yeah, that, now that just... you say Mississippi, I'm like, that was definitely a Mississippi motel. You're right. Absolutely. 100%. It's so unbelievable. It was just, when I took, we turned the corner, we found that place at night. It was like, it was like someone had built a, 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 a a motel in, in hell or something. It was just, you could hear all these amazing <laughs> factory sounds and the steam shooting into the back near the rooms where the rooms were. And it was just insane. Uh, the moment I saw that, I, I said, this is it. This is the Pib Motel. You know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the decay of the buildings in Mississippi, everything seems to be crumbling there as well, you know, and the swamps. It's just, just oh, an yeah. amazing place. Um, you, uh, you discussed Andy Matichak, but I, yeah, I d- definitely want to hear about your, your casting for this and how you got her and then how Emil Hirsch got on and, and, uh, yeah. how you, uh, scouted for, uh, child actors and, uh, to yeah. get into this movie. Well, um, Emil came on first, as far as I know. Um, no, maybe it was Andy. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't remember, but, but, uh, I had seen, um, of course, seen the, the first, the, the Halloween movie that she did. Mm-hmm. And I really liked her in it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't, I don't traditionally um, uh, audition. I just like to meet the actor and see see what they're like. And as I said, the moment I met her, I knew it had to be her, you know. And I just called the producer straight away, and I said, mm-hmm. "Perfect, let's let's go," you know. Emil, I had done a previous yeah. film with. We we did a western together called Never Grow Old. And um, at the end oh, of that okay. movie, we had we we had liked uh, working together so well that he said, "Listen, if you have anything else." you know, giving me a shout. I'd love to work with you again. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I have the script. So I gave him the script and he loved the part of the detective because he had never played a part like that before, you know? And Emil just relished yeah, that he, part because, <laughs> yeah, he relished it because it was like the cop seems, I don't want to give anything away, but the cop seems to be this 
like a, a cop who's out of his depth. You know, he's 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 too nice for his job. He's he's uh, he, he seems to care mm. too much about the people he's investigating. You know, and Emil just had the, he felt like yeah. he was the you know the the puppet master or something. He was just he just he, he just <laughs> loved it. You know. Well, the thing about the um, the kid was I, I knew we had to find the right kid or else the film wouldn't work, you know. And we auditioned about mm-hmm. 500 kids, uh, mostly from New York and L.A. Some of them were great, but I didn't find the one, you know. And the, and the producers were getting really worried and putting pressure on me because we'd only like two or three weeks away from shooting. And then I asked the casting directors to try locally instead, so... Try around Mississippi and all that area and and uh, and Tennessee and all of this, you know. And then this self tape came in mm-hmm. from um, Atlanta, where Lucas from who played David, and he was just so natural on camera compared to all the other kids. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the other kids seemed to be like movie kids, you know. They were mm-hmm. quite good, but you know they were acting, you know, or just saying lines. But Luke was just so natural. So um, the next day, I drove down to Atlanta to meet him and his father. And I did some improv with him and just chatted to him. And I was just absolutely amazed because there was no difference on and off camera with um, Luke. He could be completely natural on camera, which is, which is really hard, you know, especially for a child, you know, to not give a performance, especially mm-hmm. when saying, saying lines, you know. And, um, yeah. and then added to that, I had a great ally in Luke's father, Matthew, because Matthew is, is an actor himself. So he understands the process. Mm-hmm. He understands what you have to do to prepare for a part, you know. So I was able to say to Matthew, Luke's first father, um, you, but not Luke, should watch, say, um, Igmar Bergman's film, uh, Cries and Whispers, and watch how the woman in that yeah. uh, is writhing in pain, how she reacts to pain. That's what I want from Luke, that kind of a performance, you know, that mm-hmm. intense, and those kind oh, yeah. of, that, kind of, that kind of physicality. So... Um, he was able to go watch the film and then convey to Luke as a father how to do that, you know? So that by the time we got to rehearsal and, and, and to the set, all I had to do was tweak the performance and push it in more of the direction I wanted. But um, Luke was just incredible. I mean, he could take direction better than most adults, you know? And his role is so difficult. I mean, most adults would find it um, challenging, you know? But he loved every minute of it, yeah. minute of it especially the gore stuff. He just loved that. It was a great game to him. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder how kids um, react to and, stuff and, like that. Yeah. Well, I, I had done um, another film. Actually, the last two films I did, uh, The Canal was another horror movie I did. Mm-hmm. And then Never Grow Old after that. So I've I, seen I, that I, one. Yeah, I had done a lot of experience with working with kids, you know. And with kids, you just need to keep it like a game, you know. You need to keep the mood up all the time. And with horror stuff, you just need to expose them to the mechanics of the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So I made sure Luke knew how the blood was made. I, I showed Luke, me and the MFX guy <laughs> were able to show him how we mixed the blood, what it was made out of, how we got the, the dark color that I wanted. We were able to show him the prosthetic arms and, and that kind of stuff. And he just loved it. It was like a big game to him, you know. And then anything too scary, we just yeah. take him out of the room after we shot his side of it. And then do the rest of it, you know. But it's it's like a game, and they never really know they're in a horror movie. It's it's just great fun. But Luke was taking selfies with his father, um, covered in blood and stuff. He thought it was amazing. Yeah. 
that's the thing when you hear the stories about the shining and how danny didn't know he was in a horror movie and everything yeah. and it's like it's it, like it, how do you guys do that um yeah, it's, you it's had really you, easy, you really easy to do yeah you mentioned the uh the canal and you had a wonderful child actor in there too who really very much seemed like a five-year-old kid all the way through yeah 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 well that's what i like i mean as i said yeah. i hate that those movie kid type actors you know just you just don't buy it you know mm-hmm. and especially with the, right. the more fantastic the more fantastical the film the more crazy the film i think you need to ground it in the real reality you know you need so you need those very naturalistic performances for it to work i mean just look at the um if you look at the say let me take an example the exorcist maybe which is has, is really grounded mm-hmm. in very naturalistic performances. But what's going on is sane. But you believe what's going on because of how natural all the actors are and because he's grounded yeah. in real reality. So um, that was a good lesson I learned from that. Uh, another person that stood out to me in this is, uh, is Cranston Johnston, Johnson, who plays uh, Emil Hirsch's partner. I think he oh, may so actually be the only person actually grounded in reality for most of this and is maybe the, too the, much so grounded in reality is the only is the only um is the only truly good person in the in the entire film is the only is the only film is the only person who's truthful i think even though they mm-hmm. even say even andy's character doesn't know whether what is real or what it isn't you know and she has to do some terrible things but mm-hmm. character character is completely uh He's the good person in it, you know. He's the only, he's the only innocent in the, whole, yeah. in the entire film, you know. And Cranston was great. He was great to work with. Yeah, he's got he got a little a bit of gallows humor uh, in, uh, in, oh, yeah. in, that, uh, <laughs> in this movie too. He's he he, yeah. he he seems so cold, but at the same time, it's 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 very darkly funny at the same time. Um, yeah, and his delivery uh, is great when he, when he's when 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 the body is on the ground. He says, uh, "You think she's dead?" And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, I'm glad you saw so, that because, so well done. Because there's so many scenes in this where I was breaking up laughing. And there's, there's so many, so much black humor in this. I think many people when they watch it, from what I've heard, are yeah. quite, I mean, it is shocking, I suppose, you know, and it is um, dread-filled and all those things. But there is moments of humor as well. I, I thought as I was making it, you know, especially you know with Cranston's character and you know, um, there's a line that always makes me laugh in in a very it makes the audience laugh with the audience I've seen when the kid says, I won't say what he's doing, but he says, mom, I feel much better now. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That was Luke's favorite day. You know? yeah, Actually, at, the, at the very, at the very end of the shoot, I, I, I said to Luke, he was going off to catch a plane with his father. And I said to him and his father, what was your best, what was your favorite day? What's the best scene that you did? And he says, killing the pimp. And, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah it's, that's a it's not, that's a really well done scene i loved it. it it's not every day you hear kids saying that you know it's great <laughs> you no know, oh, that's not true for sure. uh is there do you have any kind of uh sort of philosophy about making a scary scene at all like do you have a do you do you have an idea in your head what it's going to look like when it's edited or do you find it there on set or is it a, just a combination of things uh do you have a way that you that you do things like that no um well uh, whenever we go in um I, I know every shot in the film before it begins you know so um there is no oh, yeah. um there is no alternate angles for any of the scenes. So what you see is exactly what we shot. Every shot that we shot is in the film. 
So basically all that has to be wow. done is, is to be spliced together in the edit. So say, for example, that very long drawn out scene where she's going into the bathroom with the pimp. I mean, yeah. that's, that's basically, we shot that in sequence. So I was able to say, we need a tracking shot here, hot point of view. We need a tracking shot moving back. So it was completely planned, you know? And um, well, at the very beginning mm -hmm. of, a, of a film, I sit down with the DP, um, Pierce McRail, and I'm able to say to him, this scene consists of a wide shot and a close-up. And um, we perfect it on the day when we get there, but we know when we go into each one that each scene, what each scene consists of. So we know every shot before we begin, you know? So it's very much in the, say, yeah. the Hitchcock, um, Brian De Palma method where, or, or, of making films where it's pre-planned, you know? There is no alternate takes. Um, there is no coverage other than what you see, you know? And the same with the sound yeah, design as well. Yeah. I mean, when I'm writing, I, I um, which sound design is a huge part for building scares and atmosphere, especially. I mean, when I'm writing, I already yeah. hear the sound design in my head, you know. So, um, what I do then at the end of the film, when we when I have a, a locked picture, I go in to, with the sound designer Asa Hand, who I've worked with for the past three films, and I'm able to dictate to him, like as if it's a music score, with the the sound design, and then he, he he always brings more to it and makes it better than I imagined even. But um, yeah, it's all pre-planned hmm. in my head. So so when I'm writing it, it, it's already there and I'm already seeing it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wondered that because I, I I I guess everybody's different, but that sounds like you really know what you want before you go in, and maybe you have yeah. to. Maybe it's a maybe it's a a type of thing where it's uh you know you don't want to waste too much time or money or anything like that and you've got it all all set so yeah um, it's it's that and, and, uh, and it's it's, I, it's 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 um holding onto control of it as well you know because if you know what every right, shot is right. there is there is no alternate way to edit things as well so i i'm making like a guarantee that the film is totally mine you know every shot in it so if, if i if i shoot yeah. multiple angles then then it can be edited in multiple ways but there's very limited ways my films can be edited other than what we shot <laughs> interesting um uh can you tell us what might have been your most difficult day on set oh it was so many i felt like the film was cursed actually um, it was the hardest i mean oh, I made a, really I, yeah yeah i made a before that i made a western in, in the worst muddy conditions um, imaginable we i shot the western <laughs> in the west of ireland and Luxembourg, and we got the coldest mm -hmm. winter on record and mud up to our knees, and it was absolutely horrendous, but nothing compared with the ordeals of this, you know? <laughs> wow. um, I, I, I felt yeah. like, and I might, it might have been just that I was, um, I, was a, I was aware of the type of film we were making, and I'm superstitious, but I found that this, these real demon incantations for conjuring demons it's these Babylonian ones, and, mm -hmm. and I, I kind of made my, ver my own version of, the, of them, and I have an archaeologist friend who was able to show me all of these um, translations of all these incantations, the Babylonian ones, and then there was used bits of an Egyptian one as well. And Anyway, I made up my own, and it was an incantation mm -hmm. to rise the demon. And I remember I, I said it aloud to myself in the hotel one night, you know, before we shot this was, this when we were in pre-production. And the next day I went down to my desk in the, in the production office and my desk and only my desk was covered in thousands of ants. Like it was oh, just unbelievable. Wow. It was like something straight out of a horror movie. 
there was ants crawling all yeah. over my desk, you know, in my office. And nobody else's um, office or, or was touched in any way, you know. And then during production, we were oh, hit by weird. two tor- Yeah, yeah, really weird. And then we were, do- during production, we were hit by two tornadoes. Um, <laughs> on the first tornado, we were, when we were lo- location scouting, um, suddenly um, we were part of this crossroads in Mississippi, and it was, it was about dusk. And suddenly the whole car fogged up in an instant, you know? And we rolled down the window. Oh, it was yeah. like this, there was like this hot air outside. And I saw the, what, what do you call it, the funnel descending in the distance. Mm-hmm. It was coming mm-hmm. down. And mm-hmm. then the, all, the, all the sirens went off. And uh, we had to take shelter in this woman's house. We just randomly knocked on. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and, and then another night, oh, wow. um, uh, uh, a hurricane ripped through the whole of Mississippi. Oh, no, a, a tornado ripped through the whole of Mississippi. And I, we were supposed to meet. We were supposed to shoot at Mrs. Nagel's house, which is supposed to be this rural Kansas house the next day. And I got a, I got a call mm-hmm. from the, the very distraught production designer saying, um, "I have bad news for you, Ivan. Uh, do you know that house we were meant to shoot in today? Well, the tornado ripped the tree out of the ground, and it went right through the roof into our set." And um, I couldn't believe <laughs> oh, wow. it. It was like, so, yeah. So we drove down about 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. or whatever it was, because we were supposed to shoot at nine. And there was a, literally a house in the front, or, or a, 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 um, a tree in the front room going, and you can see it in the film. But I thought it was amazing. I said, let's just mm-hmm. use it. Let's just go with it. <laughs> so we, clear, we cleared out the living yeah. room, and we, for the exterior, you can see the tree on top of the car and on top of the, the house. But things like that. You know, although I felt like we were cursed, they were kind of blessings in disguise at the same time, you know. And then loads of times we had to shoot, yeah. shut down because of because lightning was too close. And we had a few organizational disasters with vehicles and stuff. It was just, we, we felt like we were, it was bad luck and it was a really tough shoot. But we got everything we needed, every shot I wanted. So I didn't compromise at all. So we got through it in the end, but boy, it was a tough. <laughs> I imagine so. So yeah, you didn't have one particular day. It was like nearly all the days that was. Nearly uh, all the days. Was exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, do you have any well, more? Well, I was going to uh, say uh, on top of that, and if you've said this, I'm apo- I apologize, but what was the time frame on this? Like how many days was the shoot? It was, I'm assuming it was, it was pretty short, right? Yeah, it was really short. I think it was four and a half weeks or almost oh five gosh. weeks. So it was really tough. And especially for a film, with so many locations that we had. I mean, we were zipping around Mississippi, you know, sometimes yeah. three locations, three different locations a day. And then we did it in the middle of winter and it was, you know, it was really muddy conditions. And of course those tornadoes didn't help. And yeah, it was really tough to, to schedule, you know. Um, it felt like some days I, I didn't have enough time, but again, I knew all the shots. So it, that made it much easier. Like I, I, I don't think if I had a went in with a, met, with a method maybe other directors use where they find it on the day, but there's no way we would have made the schedule, you know? And especially with a film with so many um, MFX and uh, practical effects, which take a lot of time, you know, and um, a lot of tracking shots, Mm -hmm. a lot of really complicated lighting um, uh, setups as well. And now, I mean, I'm glad I do all the shots, otherwise we would never made that crazy schedule, you know? Well, uh, this is the type of movie that we don't want to spoil. Although I would, I would love to get into some of the later parts of oh, this yes. movie, especially the end. <laughs> My God, people. the end. Yes, 
yeah exactly the end for sure uh but we don't we, we don't want to spoil it too much i sort of want to ask more but i don't know what else i don't know what else to yeah. ask without That's getting into spoiler one, yeah. territory yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I will yeah. say it's one of those interesting things though, um, where I think the twist is really good, but at the same time, I think the movie would actually work without it, which is really interesting to me when that happened. But I love that it's there. Yeah. I absolutely love yeah. that it's there. I'm not knocking <laughs> it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people for the lead up to it, especially, you know, there's one character involved with the twist and, 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 and people all the way through the film, I kind of like from what I've, I've heard from people talking about it, they, they said, well, um, I was on the fence about the character. I, I thought, uh, or that person is in on mm-hmm. it, or they're not in on it, or they are in on it. And by the end came, they were said, oh, he's not in on it. And then suddenly he is, you know. <laughs> so, um, but, then I, but, but then again, I, I, always, thought, I always thought it was a, as, a, as a dream movie, you know. It feels, it feels like a dream mm-hmm. to me as I'm watching it, like a night, as the logic of a nightmare, the film, you know. And I always thought of the end as possibly being Laura's final nightmare, you know, um, you know, it's, it's nothing is true 100%. In a, I think even at the end, there's some ambiguity or I hope there is, you know, I don't think it's final for no, me. It wasn't, yeah. but, but, but others, others can, if they want to find, find and a complete answer in it. But I don't, I don't think it's even final about the nature of the boy either, because he is half of his mother after all, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen next. It's funny, at the end of the shoot, the, the producer yeah. said to me, um, you're going to have to think of a, of a sequel now. And I said, I'm not going through this again, ever. This was the worst experience I've ever had. <laughs> but, funny, but funny, the other day, I, I thought of this amazing uh, sequel idea. So, I don't know. It depends on how well oh, it's received. Right. <laughs> I, 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 it depends on how well it's received, and, 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 and it does. But I had this crazy idea, and I think... It, yeah, I've never seen anything I, quite like it. Hey, you know? if, so, if you're going to make a horror sequel, crazy is always the way to go. Just FYI. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I'll see, I'll, I'll never see say never goes, on yeah. the sequels. Yeah. So yeah, if it, it, hopefully this does well then, because I would like to see the sequel to this for sure. Um, oh, it's, the, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's right. insane, the sequel. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> the sun you takes think, Manhattan. You think that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you think that if you did, if you if you were if you felt like you didn't, if you weren't going to make a sequel to this, that the movie that you wrote would be good on its own? The first one, you mean this one? This if it did, if there wasn't ever like sequel? no, I mean I'm saying I'm saying the like I'm saying if the, if this first one you you feel like uh, didn't get received uh, well and you didn't want to yeah. do the sequel or whatever, do you think the sequel that you wrote? would make a good movie on its own no it has to be it's a direct continuation or pretty much you know mm. it's what happened yeah. what happened yeah. it's it's literally what happens next you know you're teasing us you uh, gotta make it now yeah. it's, it's, uh <laughs> has to happen sorry yeah 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 figure it out I, I, yeah i saw i saw it i i think the key to it is in um the sequel i'm just teasing it now but the sequel idea is do you remember that uh that 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 uh, dream that the boy recounts to his mother about mm-hmm. floating in the sky mm-hmm. and the world cracking in mm-hmm. half mm-hmm. with him being untouched and not afraid. Well, that was the key to the sequel. And that's, that, that's, okay. The, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it might never um, happen, but it's good to dream. We'd like to thank writer director Ivan Kavanaugh for uh, giving us some of his time. The movie is Sun. It comes out in theaters on demand and digital March 5th. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, Ivan. Yeah, thanks a million, guys.
yeah, uh, that that's going to do it uh, for this interview. It's Chris Atkins and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com. CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called The Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins.